Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT. And we're going to be joined shortly by former France International and a man who knows this France setup very well, Bernard Leroux as well. Johnny, how are you feeling? We chatted a bit about it last week. Under the weather in the build-up, obviously excitement for the opening weekend. You've been everywhere. It's been epic. Absolute excitement. Opening ceremonies, first games, France, New Zealand. Australia, Georgia, Scotland, South Africa, been in content studios in Marseille, filming different bits of world rugby. Um, it has been non-stop, um, adrenaline fueled. But what an opening week it's been, mate. It's been absolutely class. I'm now up in Lille, I'm about to get ready to go to the stadium to watch France Uruguay tonight, but it truly has been phenomenal. Like the first week, the buzz around the place, the stadiums, the vibes, the fun everyone's having, the bumping into Everybody in, in every stadium as well, just everybody out in force, whether it's Jared Butler bumping into him and doing stuff with him for Scotland or just the amount of French rugby and global rugby faces and fans in every single city. It's just been exceptional. So mate, it feels like it's been a month already. I realize yeah. it's only been it's only been six, seven days. Um, but what a start. I'm just so lucky to be here to be enjoying it and be a part of it. You are, and you normally tell me that you've got a face for radio. You know, you do co-coms. <laughs> You do podcasts, you do radio, but it's not just been that. You've been rugby past TV. You've been literally everywhere. I would go as far as to say, forget Antoine Dupont, Johnny Beatty is the face <laughs> of France 2023. I think it's low-hanging fruit, mate. I think it's quite clearly <laughs> because I live here, because we filmed um, City Guides during June, which is all sort of being serialized and cut up now. You, again, we mentioned where you can find that. You can go to Rugby Pass TV, either you can download that app on your phone, which is where now you see all the extended highlights. You've got all those clips of City Guides. You've got all the sort of podcast shows and reviews from the World Rugby team. But man, it's just been so cool because I've been here. They're like, well, do you want to do this show? And do you want to do that show? And do you want to get involved? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. It's great to bump into people that you have played with, played against, catch up, chew the fact, digest the games and have a beer, which is what it's been about in every single port. So I'm on the antibiotics, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And the adrenaline is getting me through. But the social aspect of it all, whilst doing all these filming and and really privileged little parts, um, 
yeah, I just feel really lucky. It's been very, very cool. And almost, it's a wee bit imposter syndrome because you see your face everywhere. But I, I just, we're just lucky that we have that rapport with the players and the current players that are just finishing and you get to go around and film these bits and, and showcase it to everyone. So no, just extremely lucky. And on that note, we should mention the opening ceremony. What on earth was going on? I think the Frenchies, my mates over here, it's been 50-50. It's been divided because obviously there's the cliches. And what is France known for worldwide? It is the bread. It is simple country life. It's wine. It's the charcuterie. It's all these things. But I think they were like, you know, we've got Jean Dujardin. Maybe we could have done more. Maybe for him even, like you bring him back, maybe he could have done more. But I enjoyed it. It was just typical French life. I actually didn't see the Eiffel Tower getting raised out of the middle of the... I was like, where did that come from? That was really cool. We were sat there in the stadium and, and didn't get that at all. But just the... But I think weird. the feedback has been kind of negative, but I, I loved it. See, being in the stadium and being around that buzz and the energy, the vibe in that place, yeah. it was really cool. I absolutely loved it. There's obviously been different bits of feedback, shall we say, about national anthems. And again, I don't know how that's looked on TV because I've been in stadiums, so I don't know, but... I weirdly have a mate out here in France who really disliked it. And he was bitching to his mate. He was like, mate, have you seen the anthems and what they're doing? And his mate was like, yeah, my child's actually one of the school children has been practicing yeah. for a year. Really excited. He's like, oh yeah, they're awesome. They're really, they're <laughs> awesome. Doing a great job. So like, they've obviously been a mixed bag of reviews as well. You can see on social media, but I honestly haven't been able to tell because I haven't seen anything on TV. I've been in the stadium and, as much as it might be difficult for the players to follow because the cadence and rhythm of the songs and anthems has changed, um, yeah, I have no idea what it looks like back home. But yeah, th those are the two sort of criticism, I think, criticism I think everyone has had, but we've just been getting on with that here, enjoying the games, enjoying the social and, and not worrying too much about it. Yeah, I don't think people have been criticising the kids too much. It's more the um, the decision the around kid. the kids, which they have changed for this weekend we're here. So, and the opening ceremony, I suppose... You're right. It was very French. It's it's madness. It was hard to follow. I mean, God knows what it was like to commentate on, but it gave a flavour, which I suppose is exactly what it was intended to do. One other thing on the opening game, you're obviously there. You mentioned the atmosphere in the stadium was was great. Kylian Mbappe, you told us essentially without telling us that he was going to be there last week. Does he know what's going on in a game of rugby? Uh, was it your job to brief him? Doesn't matter, mate. Get him on. But it, it wasn't just him. He was there with half the French team. Yeah. Um, which was really, you got boys that come from the Pay Basque that are really good friends with Charles Olivon as well. I've forgotten his name. He plays for Atletico Madrid. Antoine Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann. Exactly. So he, like, he, they're, they're actually really good mates mm. because they come from the same region and they, it's like, um, Lizarazu back, back in the day. Yeah. Like, he's from the Basque region, really good mates, all the boys that are still there. So I don't know. I think there's just a national buy in from other French sports. We've seen Zinedine Zidane doing this nice piece out with him and Antoine Dupont. Like, it's gone beyond. And it, it wasn't just like he, he wasn't who I was talking about. There was David Beckham. We bumped into Roberto Carlos pitch side as well. Like it's been absolutely ridiculous to see everybody come down and, and take part. So, um, and see them in the change rooms afterwards, invited in, have the access, have the sort of interaction and put a spotlight on the game in the hope that maybe some more football fans would come over or cross over. Like it's been tremendous. So we had a great start so far and we can talk about the rugby with our guests, but what a start for the French team as well. Absolutely. We will talk about the rugby and we'll come on to France in a minute with Bernie, but let's briefly wrap up the rest of what we've seen so far, because a lot of the pool stages of a World Cup should be about the likes of Chile making their debut. So what has stood out for you? It's been a mix, eh? 
some of the performances, some of the atmospheres, the Fijian boys. I mean, I'm delighted for them in the end that they took away two points. It's essentially like drawing and they still get to go into the next round and still the possibility to to go through. But the performance, man, the way those guys play now, completely different kettle of fish. We talked about them before, but their performance was phenomenal. I thought they probably, if they had a bit more of the rubber green with the ref, they'd have won that game. The Fijians, phenomenal. The South Africans, oh my days, they were really impressive. And in terms of lower tier nations, like just the passion, like seeing different supporters around the stadium, the, Chil- the, the Chileans, I've got a couple of mates that are playing for them as well. So to see that South American passion coming across with boys that are essentially a handful pro, most of them amateur. They were good in parts as well, Chile, like at sevens backgrounds, a lot of them chucking Mate, the ball about. The defense as well, they tackled like absolute animals. So it's been a complete mix, a complete mix of performances, the color, the heat also made it really difficult for the boys that were playing, speaking to them after the game. Just the humidity and playing in 33 degrees, which actually just dipped. It's now 23 today. So it was 35, 36. It's now dropped 10 degrees. So there's been loads of little different bits of the rugby and players and performances that have been really cool to watch. But it's just been the interaction with the fans, like the fun um, that everyone's been having, the beers, the ability of rugby fans. Like we all know to mix and have a good time together um, safely. Those bits have been pretty cool to take in. I've got to mention one of the only games that you didn't speak about there. You said Argentina were going to comfortably beat England and walk that pool, Johnny. Mate, and do you know what? So I bumped into Juan Leguizamon, who I've played heaps before and against, and he was just like, that was the culmin- it was the perfect storm. Um, in the- from an Argentinian side, they played, like, what are the things Argentinians you know you're going to, it's hard tackling, passion, engagement. He's just like, there was nothing. I actually ended up, as soon as Tom Curry, like, I'm neutral, mostly when I watch these games, but sitting in a bar watching it. As soon as England and Tom Curry got that red card, I was 100% behind England because you want to fight for the underdog, but sometimes you need a moment like that. And they've been shat on, for what of another word, by everybody and because their prep and their preseason has been so poor and the results have been poor. But you sometimes just need that type of dogged result and it galvanizes a squad, you know, completely backs against the wall. Everyone's written you off. Your form is dreadful, um, but you strip the game back to the purest level. Set piece, defense, discipline, ironically, after you take a red card and effort, guts and heart. And that's what they showed in spades with a limited game plan. And it actually suited having Manu coming in playing 12, having that physicality from a big ball playing defensive 12 and having a George Ford having an absolute ripper at 10. So I was delighted for them. And it also blows again that pool wide open, you can easily see England cruising through now and making a quarter, which they should probably win, given what's on the other side of the draw, and make a semi. So to go from where they were mentally um, and publicly two weeks ago to where they are now, I'm like, those are the kind of stories that make the World Cup what it is. So I was absolutely delighted for them. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's get into all things France now then. And we can bring in former France international Bernard Leroux to give us some extra insight on Fabien Galtier's men. How you doing, Bernie? Hey man, I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. It's um, always great being on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. We last saw you in action about a year ago. So just give us an insight. How have things been? Yeah, I've been injured for quite a while. Um, so I've been taking my time to to get to form, but I'm working on it and hopefully back on the field soon. And in the meantime, he's been in front of camera. He's now a media darling. <laughs> and we did, uh, <laughs> we did City Guides together in Nice, which was good fun. A couple of beers, some filming, and he's actually horribly good in front of the camera. And a handsome big bugger. So my time is up and Bernie's going to be yeah. taking this class. <laughs> Don't know about that. I'm pretty shy, but you're doing a great job. Um, yeah, we had a lovely time in Nice. We did some shooting for World Rugby and um, absolutely loved it. What did Johnny have you doing? So we had quite a bit of activities. We had a few beers. We had a few uh, few lunches, a few breakfasts. Um, <laughs> saw the town. We went uh, parasailing behind the boat. So that was very cool. Um, almost drowned. <laughs> is that johnny's fault no man we had no control we're, we're, we're 100 feet up behind and they're like oh, i know it'll be funny we'll just dip them in the water they didn't even ask us if we could swim i was like i don't know if i can burn can, can you swim okay we're good but it was good and then they took us in like a few at 500 went around the town saw the site went up to the top of the old town mate it's a cool town and that's been the beauty of like exploring those nine different cities with different players and and catching up and getting to showcase that to different people. How long are these videos in the end, Johnny? Because Bernie was saying there, several lunches, several evenings, beers, all these activities. Is, is this you just being like, let's have some crack for a few days when it's a 10 minute video? Mate, and I'm the one that had to explain this to my wife. So I was essentially <laughs> not at home for a month. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to see the videos. Uh, they come back with seven minutes each. So we basically <laughs> a day and a half to two days of filming activities, lunching, long lunching. Oh. And then she's like, okay, so what kind of, what length of, th-? I was like, yes, yeah, they came out seven minutes. I was like, oh, anyway, they, they're, they're cool. And they give a little snapshot into what you can do in each host city. If you're over there and it shows us, 
yes, there's a couple of glasses of wine, but there's more cultural aspects as well. That the educational side is very important. That's what we've got to say. Yeah, Master, it was very nice. Even for me, that I've been to Nice quite a few times, and it's the first time I've really experienced Nice. Like all the small, small roads, the the center of the city, the history of the of the town, all the things to do, and we experienced some great restaurants and obviously great wine. We had some great seafood. Um, yeah, I experienced Nice in a completely new way, and I mean. I've been there for a few weeks with uh, with France. In the past, we used to train there for during six nations. So it was a good experience. It was romantic. You can. It was romantic. You <laughs> say it. <laughs> Before we talk France, Benny, uh, Racing, you're obviously there. How is Stuart Lancaster settling in? Oh, he's doing great, man. He's, his attention to detail is is so good. I must say, the skill level of the team's picked up so much in the last few weeks since he's been here. Um, I mean, I catch boss game. Um, just small details, defense, defense details. We've changed a lot, obviously, a lot of it um, on defense and attack. Um, completely new game plan. For, so it was, I think the boys needed change. It was, it was time for change, and the boys bought into it 100%. So he's doing very well, and um, I've learned a lot of him as well in the in the last past weeks. You think after 15 years rugby, you can't learn anything, but he's an absolute master, and he's so good at coaching. So um, he's a real good teacher. You helping a little bit with his language because I imagine coming in completely bareback from Leinster. I know he was doing some classes, but it must be quite cool. I know he's got Tom, Tom Whitford there as well, who's come up from Toulon, but it must be difficult, right? I think the new generation in France, a lot more people speak English now. And um, in the staff, there's quite a few people that, I mean, Freddie's got an English wife, South African wife. Um, Yannick's fluent English. There's so many people that speak English just translates and helps him. Um, with his stuff, but he's already got a few phrases. He's he's doing pretty well. He's I've never seen someone prepares as fast. Um, so yeah, he's on it. He's he's working nonstop. I mean, and I come in at six o'clock in the morning because I, I try to train before the the team gets in. And he's finishing oh. his session. He's finishing his session at six o'clock in the morning. Is what I get you. So he's probably until five, and then he's just busy the whole day. So he's on it, man. He's he's. Is really on it. If I were you, I'd take that media job that Johnny was talking about. But six AM in the office is not good. <laughs> Honestly, I, I saw who I saw um, Pierre Henri Brancan as well, the old cast coach who's with Eddie Jones just now in the Wallabies, and he was saying, you know, you get the, the WhatsApp messages at four AM. If you don't reply by eight AM, you're in trouble. I was like, what about people that need to sleep, man? I need my eight hours. Can you imagine getting these messages at four AM and feeling having to leave your phone on and feeling inclined to message him back? For the security of your job, just because your head coach only needs three hours sleep and they're a vampire, like it would honestly screw with my head. Yeah, I don't know if I ever want to be a head coach, man. I've never seen the hours they do is insane. It's like fourteen hour days every day. And um, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, "Yeah, Friday when we have captains run, he said that's actually his day off. So he comes in, he reviews the next week's preview for the for the team we're playing the next week, and that's his calm day. So he's having the team run, but he said Sundays is his biggest day because normally the players off on Sunday, so he's prepping the next week. Um, so it's full on, and it's yeah, twelve to fourteen hours days, and uh, it's quite hectic. You never think of it, but coaches put in a lot of work. And obviously, being an international head coach is different from being a club head coach. But given that we're going to come on to talk about France, are there big similarities there between Stuart and Fabian Gauthier? Yes, definitely. When uh, when Fabian is in, is it's the same. Obviously, they've got longer breaks in between, so they've got longer prep time, and they can take their time to go through images. And they've got good staff as well, a lot of video analysts, and um, working on the game. So it's so it's it's a bit different. Obviously, it comes in, it's like a sprint. So it's a few games, then you're off again for a few months to prep the next. Whereas being a top fourteen coach is probably I don't think there's any competition in the world that play as much as top fourteen teams. So. 
that makes it a bit different. Um, but yeah, Fabian, I spent some time with him last week, Monday and Tuesday. I was in camp with the French team for two days. And just the, the intensity and the accuracy they work at is, is just at another level. What was the vibe, Bernie? Like we all watched the game, obviously, in the opening weekend. But what type of vibe do you have like after beating the All Blacks? Mission, I guess, the first part, the very first step accomplished. But how were the boys in camp? What was the feeling and how much did they enjoy that win? Yeah, I think obviously it's a massive win. I think there's a lot of, I was almost say the French always use the word decompress. They decompress when they have a few beers after the game. But I think I think they might have had two or three beers as a team after the game just because obviously there's a lot of stress going and a lot of tenseness going into that game. I mean, I was with them so the previous week, the, the previous Monday and Tuesday before the All Blacks. And you can sense... Uh, they were very calm, very confident, but you can sense there was some, obviously it's the week of the first week of the World Cup playing the All Blacks, so that was massive. And I, and I felt that the first half, I was pretty scared the first half watching at the All Blacks. Uh, the guys, they, they, they don't, I don't feel like they, uh, they're free to do whatever they want in the field. They were pretty stressed, holding back a bit. And then I knew as soon as the machine's going to start rolling, it's just going to gonna go nonstop. That's what happened second half. But uh, I could feel the tenseness first half and... Um, yeah, and I can also feel felt the happiness after the game once they knew they they had that game. What kind of a watcher are you? Because obviously you were involved in the last World Cup in 2019 when Fabian was overseeing, but I'm guessing he he got a bit more hands on than that. So you know what it's like. <laughs> are you good at watching these games, or are you just kind of itching to be out there? Really? No, I'm bad, man. I I'm less stressed when I play. Um, I'm a lot more stressed when I sit on the side looking because I know what they need to do, what they're not doing right, what they're doing right. And um, so sometimes it can be a bit frustrating sitting and watching. Um, obviously, when they do well, you're very excited for them. Um, I, had a, I had a mate the other day, we're going to watch the South African Island game that is coming over there. And they asked me if I'm wearing a Springbok jersey for that game. And I said, no way, man, I'm 100% French. <laughs> I would never put on a Springbok jersey now. And so I'm 100% backing the boys for whatever they're doing. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm enjoying the games. And I'm, I obviously, I know what's going on. So I enjoy analyzing it and watching it over and over again and, and watching where they can improve as well. And uh, yeah. I love it. Moi lecker. No, man. I can't, I can't <laughs> wear a Springbok jersey. It's not possible. <laughs> Hilarious. No. Mate, so what, what did you most enjoy from that performance and the win? Like opening, you talked about the pressure, but what did you most enjoy about that France win? Because it's a huge win and now sets them up nicely for the rest of the pool stages. So what impressed you the most? Just the way they handled it. I think the way they come they came out of the out of the um changing room half time. That was I just felt a sense of okay, now they're gonna go and they're gonna play. And you can see them enjoying it the second half and after the game. So I thought first off, they were so tense and I felt happy for the boys, obviously having that win and, and I knew they were going to have a great time after the game and just with their families and friends in the, in the changing room. So yeah, just just massive sense of happiness for them. Did you see the photos of Toto having a, a quick nap on the bus on the way into the stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usual. Huh? He's always doing that. There's quite a few boys actually always having a small small siesta on the bus trying to keep calm um i mean stress that's probably what tires you the most so if you can get rid of that stretch if you there's not a lot of people that can do it but if you get to that stage where you can have a nap on the bus that's a good sign so his face is everywhere <laughs> everyone's talking about him and he's just sleeping he's fine <laughs> uh, no stress no stress i think he's pretty confident man. <laughs> well you would be wouldn't you you mentioned you watch these games with quite an analytical eye and obviously you've been in camp last week probably not going to give away any trade secrets that's absolutely fine but you've been there before as well you've played the Fabian Gautier game plan it's clearly developed and evolved they beat 
the All Blacks in in a previous autumn, and they seem to have figured out how to play against them. So did it go exactly according to plan in terms of France don't really want to hang on to the ball for too long against them? They don't want to go through too many phases. If it's not working, they kick in behind, turn them around and play that territory-based game? Yeah, I think I think we've stuck to it. We know it worked for the last four years. Obviously, we change it up for every game. It depends on the on the team we're playing. Um, but Fabian's he's a magician. He's, he's just so good at working out what works against which teams. And um, it tells you things are going to happen in the game. And it happens exactly the way it tells you every time. I don't know how it does it. <laughs> it sees into the future. But it just gets a way of convincing people that's going to happen at, at this stage of the game, in this part of the field. And it happens every time. And you prep for that. So you, you've never got the sensation of stress. You're sort of calm. You know what to do in each situation. You've run through it a few times. Um, I mean, racing ran, racing the SPA team ran the All Blacks um, set moves against the France. That's why I was in camp for Monday and Tuesday. So they might make another team train as the All Blacks with all their strike players and stuff. And they would train against those strike players that comes up regularly. And it just, yeah, like if it happens in the game, you're comfortable in that situation. You know exactly where to go, what to do, what are they going to do next? So just the sense of comfort he creates is is quite cool. Looking around the competition now, we talked about that calmness, also the creativity and the pragmatic nature of the French side, which was really impressive in the way they knocked over the ABs in that opening game. But having taken the time to watch the other games, who else scares you in the competition? Who have you noticed and thought, okay, this if we meet in the final or we meet earlier in the competition is going to be really difficult? Definitely Ireland and the Springboks. That's probably the two main concerns. I don't know if I'd rather play Ireland or Springboks. I think with the Springboks you sort of know what you're getting. It's straightforward, you know, the way they, they've got the rush defence that flows from the outside. They're very good, very accurate with it. Um, I do think you can you can expose them if you've, got a, if you've got a great kicking game with a great kick chase. With Ireland, it's a bit more complicated. They're very well coached. They hold on to the ball so many phases and they're so accurate. And like you've seen in the final, La Rochelle and Leinster, just the the Irish have always got set plays that, I mean, they scored three tries of set plays in the first, I don't know, almost 15 minutes of the Champions Cup final. So they're so accurate at what they do and finding weak points in the other sides they're playing against. Um, so, yeah, for me personally, the box physical is their machine and Ireland tactically. Would you say France and South Africa essentially are playing the same game? You mentioned that big blitz defense. They both play the same way, but would you say they've maybe got a slight edge physically? Like when you saw how they completely annihilated Scotland. Yeah. So if you're Fabian, you've got the same game plan. Would you rather play against the South Africans and try and take on a blitz defense, big kicking game, big set piece game? Or would you rather try and take on an Irish side that you know maybe you've got an edge on physically, but you know run the ball way more? Who would you rather take on if you were coaching? Me personally, I would probably play the box just because I think we can move them around a bit more. You know what you're going to get. They're going to be physical, but they're heavy. With our team, That's we've got a very explosive back that gets around the park. We've probably got the fittest back of forwards in the competition. Um, we've got very good line-out balls. Obviously, though, you don't want to get the Safas <laughs> ball in your off with their malls and just the way they play direct. And it's, it's, it's even with double, triple tackles, they're still going forward. I mean, you've seen Scotland. I think Scotland's defense was excellent this weekend, but South Africa just hammered it because they're so physical and so direct. Um, but I do think you can, can expose them probably more than the Irish side um, at this moment. 
And speaking of the Springboks and tactics, do you see Felix Jones with the light in the coaching box? And I mean, is Razzie just saying they're having a disco or what? Is that legal? Um, Razzie's actually done it before with the cheetahs. I don't know if you've ever seen it. So, um, yeah. He used to stand at the back of the stadium with cards. Do you remember? That was having, old school. Air, it was like was, air traffic control. Exactly. Yeah. He was at a stage in the Cheetahs. He was on the roof of the stadium with lights, with three different lights. On the roof, mate. Not in the box, on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got some plans. Um, it does work. He's, every, t- every player I've talked that worked with him, they absolutely love him because he gives so much to the players and creates a real sense of family and, and getting the team. And he always, they say, whenever something goes wrong, he takes all the blame. He off the field, on the field, he just creates a, a sense of trust, and the boys really want to play for him. I think that that's what makes that what what makes a great coach. Um, you need the players to want to play for you, and I can every everyone I talk to, they just feel like they want to play for you. everyone. Just says how great he is, how they motiv- how he motivates them. So um, yeah, I think I think he's great at what he does. He's a bit out of the box sometimes, and some people get irritated by it. Some love it. So you either hate it, love it, but the players love it. When you compare it as well, people are like, oh, you know, he can't be directing. And is that like we're playing top 14? Every single touchline, there's a coach with three fingers up saying, take the three, take the, it's the exact same thing. Or you've got a water carrier coming on telling you what's being told. So it's made no different. And I quite like it's the exact same, but he's just even more efficient. So he's more exactly. creative in his thinking. The players don't have to have a discussion. It's almost a weight lifted off them as well. They can just get on with the next job. You see the like, okay, we're going for three. And then there's no pressure on the captaincy leadership group. You just get on. So he gets a lot of flack, but I love his creativity, his way he thinks. And then, like you said, the way he gets or inspires that group of players to really get G'd up and play only the way South Africa can. Like, I think he's great. Great for the game as well, because it creates conversations, stimulates debate. I think it's good, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We need more characters in rugby. Um, it brings something else to the media. I mean, sometimes the media and everything gets bored, boring to watch and to read. It's the same stuff over and over. You're talking about rugby and tactics. But it's good to have some characters, and I quite enjoy all the characters coming into the onto the show at this moment, and it just creates fun for the, for the, for the spectators. Another character and a man who you never hear a player say a bad word about is Sean Edwards. Obviously, you know him. Johnny mentioned the blitz defence against the All Blacks. Just talk us through from your insight of having been inside that camp and working with Sean. How and why is his defensive system so successful? I think he's got the same style as Rassi. He gets the players to play for him. I mean, he's such a caring person. When you see him on the street, you probably think, oh, this buggy is... He looks angry all the time. He doesn't speak to anyone. But as soon as you're under his wing, he just takes care of you. I mean, he probably texts me every few weeks to see how I am, um, checking up on me still. So I don't think there's a lot of coaches that actually follow this player, even when he's done with them. I mean, he's still he's still got such a good relationship with everyone. And also creating the sense that you really want to play with him. I think the way he coaches as well, he, he makes you understand what's important and what's not important. He's really to the point. He doesn't bugger along. He's just straight to the point and, and it's effective. Like his way of coaching is very, very effective. He's so good. I, I wish I played for one of his sides, like the character. And you meet him now and he's straight up. He wants to have a beer, <laughs> glass of wine. What's happening? Another guy I wanted to ask you about, big story, 12 changes made to the side for tonight's game against Uruguay. But Anthony Jelanche coming back into the side and captaining straight off. Like, what have you made of that? What a story. What a player, man. I mean, he's, he's got some insane character. Um, he's the nicest, sweetest guy, I want to say. He's always friendly. He's so well-mannered. 
and he's so aggressive on the field. And obviously, yeah, if there's someone that can probably make that comeback, it's him. He's got a he's got a mentality that's different. He, he just never gives up uh, on the field, off the field. Even if you're potting, this is the one of the guys that stays late. Everything he does is 100. <laughs> percent He's just one of those 100 percent guys, and um, I'm so happy for him because he's such a nice guy off the field as well. And while we're on selection, in your position in the second row, how big a loss is Paul Willemser? And do you think because against the All Blacks, they they went with Cameron Wockey and Thibaut Flamon, who uh, there isn't obviously among them the big guys, but there's not a massive sort of tight head lock. So moving forwards into the knockout stage of the tournament, do you, see, do you think we'll see Roman Tafafinua starting in that role or will we stick with those two? Yeah, I think we might see that as we're playing heavier teams. Um, and Roman is a big, big boy. I was watching the sprints last week and he's, he's one of the front runners in the back of forwards with his size. I mean, with his chest, he's, <laughs> he's moving that mess around. So he's, it's not that he's an unmobile lock and he's got very good hands. He's a leader. He's been there for ages. He's a great player. Um, yeah, I think we might be a bit light in the second row. Obviously, we've got great line-out options. We can just take the ball wherever. Um, so with with the two lighter and more more explosive players. Yeah, but I think we might see though. Obviously, he's, he can fit in. He could he could probably go play a fast game plan as well because he's. I've never seen him that fit. I've never seen him move like that. He is really moving around quite easily with that, like I said, with that chassis. So I hope he gets some more game time. He's a great player. And um, yeah, obviously we've got we've got good depth. Wouldn't want any more um, injuries in the second row though. I think we've we've got good depth, but uh, we all where we need to be. So hopefully we can get Paul back towards the end of the end of the series. Have you spoken to him? Because like the manner of how he did it is heartbreaking. To have five days off, to be sent back home, to be given a program to do by yourself, without any physical conditioning staff, without a physio, and to ping a 10 centimeter hole in your quad, like on the eve of the tournament, must be heartbreaking. Like, have you kept in touch? Have you WhatsApped him to see how he's getting on? And yeah. is it likely, like a 10 centimeter tear, is it likely that that heals up? Because normally they say a week per centimeter, right? So is he going to be anywhere near ready to go towards the knockout phases, do you reckon, or do you reckon it'll be too close? I spoke to him quite a bit that week. He did it. He, I spoke to him half an hour after he actually did it, and obviously it was sad because it happened to him before. Um, before the previous World Cup, actually tore his oblique muscle. He was in the group as well on the start, and he, and and he couldn't participate in the previous World Cup as well. So it's just a massive blow for him and his family. He's been looking forward forward to it for for ages. Um, but Paul's got character as well. I think he'll work hard. He told me he could have been back for the for the fourth game. So. For the last game, the full stages, uh, you never know. Um, he's not 22, 23 anymore, but hopefully he heals up well. And um, yeah, because re- we really need physical physicality, especially playing Ireland in the box. Um, so it'd be good to have Tao and Paul fit for that. And on the injuries, we chatted about it last week, Johnny, but France have gone through a period of a couple of years now where they've been so consistent. The selection's been consistent, hardly any injuries. On the eve of the tournament, you're talking... Entermatt, Willemse, you've now got Marshawn out for a little while, Cyril Baez Jonathan Dante missed Dante, the first yeah. game. So there is depth, but when you're talking about particularly a semi-final and a final, but even when you get to the quarterfinal for France, mm. they're going to need some of these players back, aren't they? No one's got enough depth to to suffer, you know, sort of over half the team out injured, surely. Definitely. I think we've... we've... It is quite stressful for the players as well. Obviously, when you train at that intense, then they know they're going to injure some players. But obviously, 
survival of the fittest. That's sort of their motor. They want to push you to know where no other team goes. So that's why they're fitter than most of the other teams. But with that comes risk as well. And they knew that. So And the players knows that. But obviously it creates a sense of, of, of um, I don't want to say getting afraid, but for the players, and t- like I could see last week, Cameron, when you heard Paul injured himself, yeah, he came into racing and had to do the same session. Yeah, and he just heard Paul got injured. And he's like, oh, might warm up half an hour longer. <laughs> so it does create a sense of a sense of uh, you get a fright, but I think they're over that now. I think they know they're going to get a few players back for the for the quarter semis, which is probably the most important part of the. I'd rather injure them before the first game and get them back for the for the final stages than having oh losing them in the fourth game. It's also quite fortunate they've got through that first game. That was their big hurdle. Now, I don't want to say they can cruise, but you know Uruguay. I mean, they should be beating Namibia. <clears throat> Italy at home, the last time he lost to Italy at home was over 10 years ago. So they should be able to mix it and match it and then get those big first-choice players back. Jonathan Dante's fit. They've chosen not to put him in. Uh, Cyril Bayo will come back. And then you compare it to other countries, right? Like Malcolm Marks has just been ruled yeah. out. you got you got Dave Cherry for Scotland who's just been ruled out as well. Like It's going to happen. It's international sports, elite-level competition, big collisions. Unfortunately, there are going to be injuries throughout the course of the competition. You only have to look at New Zealand 2011. It's Stephen Donald as Beaver, who was, I think, fourth or fourth, fifth choice in the run-up to competition that knocks over the winning kick um, and wins in the World Cup. And that will be the same case for France. I think you'd be more fearful if it was a country that didn't have the depth. But, you know, France now, they can go three deep. You've got Antoine Hastoy, who is now Champions Cup winner, accomplished six months ago. Everyone would be like, oh, I'm not sure. Now you're like... If something happens, you can slot in, you know? So France have that depth. And for instance, if you're another country, you'd be way more worried. But with France, there's a sort of confidence. Yes, you don't want the players and you have that nervousness and nobody wants to get injured because you want to be part of it. But for the people coming in behind, there's some serious quality as well. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about playing top four. And I think most of the players have got so many games under their belt, so they've got heaps of experience um, because we play so much, especially young players in France coming through. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the young guys and, and Astoy and everyone having a run up. So um, it's going to be interesting getting game time. I think Fabian's done well over the last four years to give a lot of players game time as well. He's got quite an extended group in France that's created a lot of depth and he's had open channels with them. He's talked, he's communicated very well with them. He's during the season, he told them what he wants from them. So I think that's what he does very good. He, he, he just he, he sort of manages stress situations very well. So it's a team that's very mature um, emotionally. And so of the team that Fabian's picked, who are you most looking forward to see that hasn't had too much game? I've got one guy that I'm really looking forward to watching, but 12 changes made. Who are you looking forward to see come in and have a little bit of an impact? Yeah, I'm just thinking, I think the other 9-10 combination, I think it's good for them to have a go. Um, just getting a connection. Like you said, you never know what's going to happen. So I think it's good for them to just find the connection and having a run out. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, Maestro is a great player. I rate him. I really enjoy watching him. So... Who have you picked out, Johnny? Mate, somebody, like weirdly, so I took my eldest, Lockie, we went down and watched um, training when they were in Caperton. And the one boy that stood out weirdly, you know how somebody sometimes you're watching Bernie games or training and there's somebody you don't really know, but you just see they move in a different way and you're like, who's that kid? Or So Louis Biaibari, the winner. Uh, <laughs> Fabian and the coaching setup were saying that he got clocked at Caperton at 39 and a half kilometers per second with a GPS on his back, like he's absolutely freaky deaky quick. But 
he's comfortable on the ball. You saw in those warm-up games his try against Scotland. Like he just he just makes the game look easy. And there's another one that yes, you've got Penno, yes, you've got Villier, but there's another kid coming through that if anything happens, he's going to be absolute electric. So I'm looking forward to him, especially in a game which should be quite free against Uruguayans, let's say respectfully, it should be quite free. Um, he's a kid that I think is going to be insane for Bordeaux over the next few years, and he's going to get a bunch of caps too. He's exciting. He's not a guy who physically looks like he's going to be that explosive, is he? Is he almost deceptive? No, it's, it's, it's weird. So he looks really balanced. He just looks somebody that's really comfortable on the ball, really good skills, good timing, arise for things perfectly. And then he runs at 39k kilometers an hour so like if anything happens or if there's a turnover or a half sniff of anything he's going to finish it so there is no replica for pace like that in our sport um if there's a turnover if something quick happens he's going to be there first he's going to be decisive and he's going to finish so that was it It was just it was just weird when there's a, a sort of a body type or a shape that you're not used to seeing and then all of a sudden they light up training by themselves and you've got guys like Antoine Dupont, you've got Toto who's always been at that. Jalibert as well looks really balanced and quick with ball in hand and he was another one that stood out like a sore thumb. Me as well, I was looking I was looking at them chasing kickoffs last week. So they would do their sprints after and chasing kickoffs and he was literally beating everyone by 10 metres. I was like, wow. Mate, he, he, get, he gets to the pod, on his kick chase from restarts, he gets to the pod before the pod has the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so the ball, the ball gets kicked off, there's hand, hang time, and he's almost there. He's like under the ball, so he can either get past it or you know, most times an eight catches the ball and then they have a couple of seconds and they go forward. This guy, there's no time. He's there as the ball lands. That's how quick he is. And that's the difference to these little simple things that we don't really talk about. The simplicity of a kick chase and an effort, he's so quick. It then means the opposition's got no time. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. Especially for France's long kicking game. I think, I don't know if you realize, we've got a very good long kicking game and kick chase. So, guys like that just fit, fits in so well. And people probably aren't expecting him to break into the first 15 unless there are injuries. Obviously, the next few games will be an opportunity for people to show what they can do. But you mentioned, Joey, it's kind of interesting the place that France are in. You don't really want people to just be sat waiting for a quarterfinal for a month but whereas an England or someone like that other top countries will want to play their first 15 most games to get them into the flow of the tournament if you're Fabian Gauti you sort of know what people are going to do you're you're almost happy now I guess to wait for players to come back to fitness and then just put them straight in for a big game the way the French team trains I promise you you, you don't worry about game time because once you get to the game, the game is the easy part of the week. You should see the trainings. It's so intense and physically 100% contact. Obviously, no play, um, no tackles from behind. We don't want to injure guys in training. But the level of intent, the intensity of training and the intensity of contact training is quite intense with France. So for me as well, once you get to through Thursday, you're like, ah, oh, there's at least this game. The game is the easy part of the week. So I'm not really worried about game time as well. They get enough contact and enough reps. So that'll be good to go. So Uruguay, what are we expecting from France? I really think, I don't want to disrespect them, but I would anything under 30 points would probably be an underperformance of the French team. So I really hope they go well, and I really hope they respect them and they prepare well, because sometimes when you get a big win in France, um, like we did last week, the focus comes down a bit. So hopefully they keep their focus and just prepare well. It's also a game, that unfortunately for everyone, you like just don't get injured. We're, we're, like The outcome of the game is, is known already. France will win this game. But it's just no innocuous knee twisting just get through the game get the five points rack up a score 
roll on the subs when they need to come on, get their game time as well. But I think for Fabian and the and the coaching staff, like it's that type of game where I think we know what the outcome of the game is going to be, but you want to get through it without any any nasties. That's the that's the aim of this game. I also feel there's there's a lot of more injuries when you don't get into a game at hundred percent. I feel like sometimes you play at 67%, you're sort of managing yourself, you're not going into contact at all and stuff. It's then when you get injured, and you're more likely to get injured. And finally, Benny, we spoke a bit about Ireland, a bit about the Springboks as the other two teams that you and most people, to be fair, see as the contenders. Are you back in France to win it, basically? And if if they are going to go really, really deep, is it that pressure, which they handled so well, as you described for the opening game, that's going to build and build and build. So is it is it handling that pressure that's going to be a big, big part of the task? I really hope we see the French team just enjoying the rest of the World Cup. I think the initial pressure is off. That was the, the first half against the All Blacks. Uh, if we play the rugby we've, we've been playing the last four, I can't see any team beating us. I, th- I think we'll have some tough competition, but I'm backing the French all the way. I think if, if there's a year to do it, it's probably this year. We've, we've got world-class players, we've got depth, we've got brilliant coaching staff. So I don't think there's any excuse. Um, yeah, I, I, I texted Fabian the morning of the game and I told him, I'm not going to I'm not gonna um, tell you bon chance. In France, you say bon chance. Um, good luck. I think um, I told him you've already got in. Uh, a great chance playing against your own, in front of your own public and brilliant stadiums with this team and the staff and this, I think you've got everything going from and um, also I'm not going to say to you Bon Courage because Courage I think it's probably the team with the most courage I've seen in the last 15 years so I think they've got everything man it's a rugby ball the ball's not round so maybe they bounce the ball but everything else is there so I don't think they've got an excuse not to to go all the way so you didn't say bon courage and you didn't say bon chance. What did you say? <laughs> no, I just said enjoy it. Enjoy it. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. We can't wait to watch them for the rest of the tournament and a massive good luck at wrestling this season as well, Benny. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Always great being with you guys. Awesome, mate. Thank you very much and catch you soon. Big pleasure. Cheers, guys. Always great to chat to Bernie, Johnny. And well, by the sounds of it, you spent a lot of time with him recently. <laughs> no, he's a legend, mate. Uh, great boy, great player as well. Um, again, it was just to spend time. Again, you don't get that when you're playing, but to spend a couple of days in his company, have a few beers, take in the sights in Nice, where we were for City Guides. So again, if you want to go and see it, Google City Guides or Rugby World Cup or download the Rugby Pass TV app and check it out because we had a good laugh and it'll show you what to get up to if you're in Nice to take in a game. Um, but yeah, just a lovely boy. Absolutely horrible to play against. Uh, and turns out he's one of the nicest human beings on the planet. So great, great lad. And all about the World Cup at the moment, but it sounds like things are going very well already under Stuart Lancaster at Racing, so we might catch up with him later in the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the evolution as well of how that progresses. It'd be nice to catch up with Lanny as well, if, La- mm. if Lanny has time outside of his 14-hour days to <laughs> yeah. do a podcast with us idiots. Um, but it'd be great to see their evolution, their style of playing, um, yeah, and how they progress, because they've got a young squad. You've got to remember, it's no longer the sort of big, heavy hitters of Dan Carter and the legends they had. It's a lot of young French kids. So it'll be interesting to see them progress under his systems and um, how they get on throughout the course of the top 14. Right. People might think they know what this is going to be, but we should Easy. find out what your meter moment of the week is, Johnny. Is there any... There's no real con- competition, is there? It's the bread and the opening ceremony, yeah. It's Jean Dujardin. It's the opening ceremony. It's the anthems. It's the kickoff of the World Cup. But really, it's France's performance, isn't it? so so cool to be there to take it all in to watch them win that 
big opening game. That's not them won the competition by a long streak, but just the manner of it, how physical they were, how ordinary they made the All Blacks look in spells as well, and a really good team performance. So the perfect start to the comp for the French boys, um, and comfortably that takes our meter moment of the week. There we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. Right, so have a quick look ahead, Johnny, to this weekend's games. Obviously, you're doing France-Uruguay tonight. Yep. You've then got New Zealand-Namibia on Friday night. Yep. You've got the likes of Wales-Portugal, Ireland-Tonga, South Africa-Romania. I mean, there are some others in there, but my point, I suppose, is this could be the weekend of the absolute of hammerings. Yeah. yeah, this is going to be the weekend of spankings. Um, New Zealand against Namibia. Again, a couple of mates playing... Peter Jan Poff Van Lil, I'm going to be the oldest player to have taken yes. part in the tournament as well. He's a legend, a teammate of mine from Bayonne, qualified dental surgeon, and then did eight, nine, ten years of rugby uh, pro in France. Up against Retallick and Whitelock as well. Yeah. Ah, mate, incredible. But like, you wouldn't put it past him. He's the most unassuming bloke, just gets on. Um, so delighted to see him uh, coming off the bench against the All Blacks. Ireland Tonga. I'm looking forward to that. I actually did Ireland against Samoa and Bayonne, where they got run close. Um, Tonga's first hit out as well. So looking forward to see how they settle their style of play, but also their physicality and if they can contain the Irish way of playing. Wales should be hammering against Portugal. Samoa Chile should be a hammering. Samoa should kick into gear. So, so looking forward to it. And then after, I'm actually doing the Tonga-Ireland game in Nantes on Saturday and then early Sunday morning we're getting the first train at 7am to go and see Jen and the kids for the first time in two weeks it'll be by then we're going to go watch South Africa against Romania which should be another smashing and then I'm straight on a plane to Marseille after that so I'll see them literally go and watch a game of rugby kids will probably absolutely love it your defenders on in the sunshine what's not to like but then the big games Sunday night the big games really kick in I'm really looking forward to Australia against Fiji that's another one for me. Fiji, great. They got two points out of the game against Wales. Probably should have taken more and that could easily be a Fijian win. So looking forward to watching Fiji again. And England, not, I want to say, comfortable because Japan are decent. They're maybe not at the level they were at the last World Cup, but looking forward to seeing if England can progress and pick up a tidy one against Japan. So, mate, a few big routings in there, but a few really good, decent fixtures as well. So looking forward to another huge weekend of rugby. Absolutely. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to all you guys for listening. And we will catch up again, Johnny, after you've spent some time with the family on Sunday. Three hours, mate. I've seen them for three hours. I'm surprised Jen is staying with you. I'm surprised she's not giving you the kids and going somewhere else for three hours. Yeah. Well, actually, her mum gets in on Saturday as well. So I think we're going to take her to the game. So at least she's got a little bit more help with childcare. But yeah, I'm probably not flavour of the month, am I, back home? Let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, only another three, four weeks to go. We'll be absolutely fine. It's only just begun. We will chat early next week. Make sure you tell your mates, hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. See you, mate. Bye.